All right, welcome to another episode of After Further Review. Mark Ferreira, John Pelkey, uh, ostensibly John Pelkey. Jeff Taylor is our producer. John Pelkey is, uh, you know, busy with other commitments. Supposedly, he's making money in a gig, which is a rare thing for us in this line of work because, as we've told you, uh, we'll never work in our chosen field again. And uh, welcome to the show, Tom Marino. What we're doing, folks... In case you haven't been following after further review, John's gone. We're going to invite all of our regular listeners and uh, watchers on the YouTube live to join us live. And uh, we'll have a few segments with them. Each. We're going to start by introducing Tom Marino. We go back 45 years, back to Palos Verdes High School. And we're only 35, which is really strange it, how that math hard. works. He looks great. For his uh, advanced age and uh, dated my sister for a while and uh, is a musician, is a teacher and has had a, a great career, great family as well. And a, and a pretty new grandfather. Oh, by the way. And I bet that is I bet that is one of the greatest joys of your life right now, having a little granddaughter running around like that. It's amazing that we, we just talked about with I mentioned to my wife last night how that love affair of children can start over again. And it's that, that same feeling. It's like, man, and we watch her two or three days a week. Oh, uh, perfect. Yeah. And it, so I'm getting my fill, but it's, uh, I, I miss her when she's gone. That's, it's just, it's an amazing thing. Yeah. You there, think that, you'd have that same, that same feeling, you know, when you had your own kids, but it's, it's crazy. I love it. I absolutely love it. I, uh, I'm uh, looking forward to that when that occurs in my life. And, uh, you know, I know what it's like having, a, you know, and having a little girl obviously is, is, you know, a, a special different connection for, for a dad or for a granddad too. So that must be pretty neat, Tommy. Yeah. I have a daughter, but, uh, and a son. Um, but yeah, it's, it's right. Of course. And all that it's, is very it's special. Different she, it's different when she crawls up on your lap, you know, and says she, well, she's tired and it's great. All right, so uh, Tom Marino, professional musician, uh, Modern Family. The uh, that show was on eleven years. Tom, was it on eleven years? Seasons, eleven seasons. Yeah. And uh, that opening segment for Modern Family, Tom um, was a, a session player, but but it wasn't as if he came in and and you know laid down a few notes here and there, a few phrases here and there. Uh, you you did the entire you did the entire song, didn't you? Yeah, and that's that's typical. Sometimes if there's if you're not going to pay three trumpet players if one guy can sit there and play all three parts uh, within the same time frame. So it's typical. Um, but uh, you know, I've done so many of those where they come in and yeah, ask for a theme show. We don't know if they're going to accept it or not. Blah blah blah. Rarely, I you know. Um, and this one came up, and then I, he said, "Yeah, I'll let you know if they accept it." And then a week later, I find out like it's you know, or a month later, I find out it's like the number one show and. And that's on, and they chose it, and everything. I mean, I've done some, some. I did uh, Arrested Development for years. I did. Uh, it was a great show, uh, Northern Exposure. I don't know if you guys remember that show. Great, yeah. yeah. Um, did all the music. For I know the musicians' union, as a rule, is pretty strong. Did you get some nice residuals for that, or was it just a uh, buyout? No, I. The session itself was five hundred bucks. Right. And since then, I've probably made about twenty-two grand. 
That's sweet. I know. <laughs> we call that mailbox money. Exactly. It is. That is outstanding work out of you. And the great thing, every time they played it at the Emmys, when they won an award, I got I got a nice check. So it was. there's a lot of things going on there. Yeah, it, they take, the union takes care of you that way, for sure. Yeah. And so you've been teaching at a, a private, uh, you know, prep school, I guess is what I'd call it, uh, in the San Fernando Valley, right? Is uh, in the San Fernando Valley. And Buckley is the name of that school. And you've been there, what, 25 years at this point? Uh, it's my 28th year. 28th year. Um, yeah, it's a very well-to-do school. Uh, 100% of the graduating class usually goes to four-year school. 50% goes to an Ivy League. It's one of these sure. A lot of celebrity right. kids. We've had Shaq's kids. We've had Chris Paul's kids. Uh, a lot of athletes come through there. There's a few Lori Laughlin's kids. Did you have Lori Laughlin's kids as well? No. no. <laughs> although, although one of one of the we did have one of the kids that uh, had an incredible tennis career, evidently, and water polo career at Buckley, which we don't even have water polo. So, yeah, it's one of those. Uh, in fact, we we're the ones that blew the blew the whistle the first time. The red flag. Oh, wow. All right. Okay. So Tom is a uh, former uh, baseball player, football player as well. Big sports guy. I'm in two fantasy leagues with three fantasy leagues with him. I'm horrible in all of them. I'm playing you this league in one of them, by the way. Oh, really? I've not. As you can tell, I've lost six in a row. I've not paid attention at all. So you're probably in good shape. Um, And uh, but a big baseball fan, big football fan as well. And a big, uh, pretty big NBA fan. And, uh, you know, in Los Angeles. Uh, so we'll start with the Lakers. You're a big, you've been a Lakers fan your whole life, basically, right? Yeah, obviously the, the Showtime Lakers back in the 80s was just, I mean, I never missed a game. If they showed practices, I'd watch practices, you know. Um, the uh, Kobe years was great. It's I slowed down a little bit after the Kobe years. Well, right. Um, you know how we, and I've talked about LeBron James before, and I've really come around on LeBron and uh, so I started watching again this year. And uh, Anthony Davis is the two of them. I mean, just, you know. And it's funny. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say Denver uh, is down 3-1, which means they have them exactly where they want them. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be different, though, this time. And I'll tell you why. Um, Lakers got a pretty good wake-up call when they almost came back. And they should have won the game, game three. Yeah, <laughs> they almost came back. That was pretty good. I think the Lakers got a... Uh, a wake up call on that. And, and what I thought, what I saw, and these are just personal observations, but what I saw was that the Lakers, and, and we know in basketball, there's waves. They go up and down, you get a nice run, and the other, you got to hold off the other team to get a run. Um, it, it's, it's a game of runs. And the Lakers in, in that game, I think we got complacent and, and slowed down. And um, they didn't realize that they're not going to have. They didn't have enough gas to come back. They, they they got lucky. Last night's game was different. I saw the fact that they were they were not they were playing with urgency from from the tip off, and I didn't see them settle down. They played great defense. They changed some things up. They started Dwight Howard. They were down. They were negative nineteen rebounds in game three. I'm sorry, my camera keeps jumping all over. They were down uh, nineteen rebounds in game three, and last night they outscored them. Uh, and Dwight Howard had eight points and eight rebounds in the first quarter alone. So that was yeah, a great he move. had a double-double in the game, and Dwight Howard still has a lot in the tank. And obviously, uh, folks out here, you know, remember, I have a major soft spot for Dwight Howard. Uh, because yeah, I didn't like him the first time with the Lakers. I, I, I didn't like 
No, he was having a rough time overall with all that stuff. And, and he's settled down and he's now, now, you know, this wise old guy. Yeah. I'll tell you, having someone like Howard in the middle there to deal with Jokic. Well, that was, yeah. he shut him down last night. Jokic he did. He, he shut him down. And so now it's just now, you know, now you got to let, you know, now you kind of, you know, let Murray do his thing, but you're not, it's not, it's not a two headed monster anymore. And yeah. Murray he was, still got his 32 points or whatever it was, but. He was something else last night. Did you see that Jordan-esque uh, layup that he did? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's a good team. Denver's got a very good team, and uh, it should be a lot of fun to see if the Lakers continue to start Dwight Howard, which I think is a very good idea. All right, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for him. I want LeBron James to win three championships with three different teams. Yeah. This player yeah. to do that. He's a good guy, and I like what he's doing for the city. Um, yeah. And, he, uh, and I, I think there's not enough power in the East for to beat, any, beat the Lakers, so. Probably not, but you know, don't underestimate Eric Spolstra. That's what that's what Jeff says. I know, big Eric Spolstra guy. All right, we'll see. We'll I see. know. All right, so let's now talk about uh, um, Dodgers. The Dodgers, dude. The Dodgers. You're a big Dodgers fan. You're an Angels fan as well, though, right? Yeah, uh, it's been fifty-fifty for a long time. For a long time, my dad uh, grew up in Chicago, Cubs fan, and when he moved out here, became an Angels fan. Um, so I kind of grew up as an, as an Angels fan first, Dodgers fan second. But having lived in the South Bay with you in Southern California, it was so much closer to go to Dodger games than it was to Anaheim. You know, it's a long drive to Anaheim, about an hour and a half. But now it's about two and a half hours of traffic. But uh, became more of a Dodger fan. It's like I said, it's probably been 50-50 all along. I know, so I know. they've won their eighth consecutive division, which is – amazing yeah. they've got a remarkable organization everyone understands that they not only have a, a loaded team now but they have a loaded farm, farm system yeah um you know if you're if you're in that division if you're an opponent of the dodgers if if you're a giants fan you know you're pretty depressed about the whole thing but uh tell us their you know, what's going to happen in the postseason? Because obviously that's been their bugaboo. They got to two World Series, but eight consecutive postseason runs, seven of which didn't lead to a championship. What's going to change this year? Uh, trash cans, I think, will be a factor. The lack of trash cans, then? You know, it's amazing that, and of course I'm going to bash the crap out of this team, but it's amazing how the Astros didn't win the division, and yet there's no crowd noise in the stadiums. You could clearly hear a trash can if you're banging on it. I don't. I don't know how they, how they didn't win it. Anyway, um, the Dodgers are in great shape. Uh, the pitching, uh, you know, they have. I mean, especially in the three games here, I think, with Kershaw and Bueller, and Goslin's been great. May's been great, and even Urias has been great. Um, Plus, so, the bullpen is shuts yeah, down every. Yeah, yeah, they don't even need Jensen. I mean, they they. They're, they're stacked. They did it right. And they have a great coach, I think. Um, I didn't like him when he took Rich Hill out of the no-hitter. But uh, after that, you know, I've, I've kind of – no, he's, he's a good coach, and he knows what he's doing. And, and I think he's, he's handling the, the players really well. Um, I, I – so the Dodgers are going to play either the Reds – was it Reds, uh, Phillies, uh, yeah, yeah. Giants? Right now, it's the Giants. The Giants. The Giants. Yeah, I don't. I don't trust the Giants are going to make it in. And the only reason I say that, and and I'll, you know, my mom's going to give me a hard time over that. Yeah. But it's because um, 
you know, they've got to take at least two out of four against the Padres. And the Padres have basically owned them all year. Yeah. And um, so, but right now, yeah, it's the Dodgers, Giants, and then the fourth seed, if they were to play the fourth seed with, you know, like a normal tournament, yeah. uh, the fourth seed when they'd be the Padres. And yeah. the Padres, so so those are two division rivals. They were 6-4 against them in the season. Right, and, and uh, they were 6-4 against the Giants as well. So, yeah. that, uh, but they were, you know, they were like, what? You know, five five and zero oh against us, six and zero oh against. I mean, they they dominated the rest of the league and the American League West. Yeah, no, absolutely, and that's that. I think it's that pitching, and when you get in those hitters, that lineup has got to be the best lineup in baseball, uh, from top to bottom. So, it's, who gives them the most problems then, Tom? Well, if they if they play the Reds, the only thing I'm worried about the Reds is those three the three starters, Castillo, Gray, and Bauer. Uh, you know, with with Bauer's yeah, yeah. tenacity, I love that, and Gray. Um, seems to be settled in after his injury and Castillo's just always lights out uh three game series a lot can happen seriously uh, you know if seven game series it's a different story because you got to go a little deeper in your pitching but um i, I you got to give the lineup though the hitting lineup to the to the dodgers um that oh. that worries me a little bit but uh, uh go ahead you're gonna say something? no i was just gonna say they get past that two out of three series which yeah. i think is the most nerve-wracking thing for any uh, one or two seed. Yeah. Once you get past that, it's going to be seven game series to yeah. determine who wins the pennant and then who wins the World Series. Any team once let's assume you get past that, and you right. now you have seven game series where the best team you know usually can win. Right. Uh, what team in the National League gives you the most problems, and what team in the American League gives you the most problems? Well. Um... I would have said Atlanta if they had still had Soroka and their strong pitching. They still got Max Fried. By the way, Max Fried, interesting story. I coached him in middle school in eighth grade uh, when I was. He, he grew up in the in the San Fernando Valley. Went to a Jewish school, Milken, in the eighth grade, and I was coaching Buckley eighth graders at the time. And uh, we beat him two to one. By the way, he pit, but he was nasty. Um, he ended up going to Harvard Westlake, which is our rival, one of our rival high schools that we play all the time. Um, uh, so he, he's good, but I think that, I don't think that's enough for him. That we were Jeff and I were talking earlier about a couple other arms that young guys that are, are possible, but it's just the power. So uh, although you have have uh, uh, you know Freeman and Acuna, great hitting, great hitting lineup. Yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the Padres are probably, I mean, just in the surgence of that they've had is is probably with that with Lamette and uh, Davies. Davies is just. I don't know. He came out of nowhere out of Milwaukee there, and all of a sudden he's a you know Cy Young Award winner pitcher. Um, they got Tatis, Machado, and Hosmer, so that's that's that could be good. Machado's been in a lot of big games, and uh, you know he's he's leading that team. I think so. Hosmer too, actually. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That would be the biggest the biggest obstacle. American League, um, man, with that Yankee lineup. I, but I'm worried about, and they're healthy now. They're healthy. Yeah, pitching. pitching Tanaka, uh, Tanaka has not been great. He's been up and down. But um, uh, you know, anybody else on here? Uh, unfortunately, Oakland's not going to have the arms. Cole, Cole is pitching pretty well for the, yeah, for the end. Yeah, Cole's always great. Um, twins are interesting though for me. Minnesota Twins. I like the Twins. I like yeah. the Twins a lot, and. Um, it's going to be fun. I think this playoffs is going to be fun. 16, ga- 16 teams, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the 60-game season, I think the playoffs are going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be unbelievable that, you know, you've got Major League Baseball playoffs, right. NBA finals, 
or yeah. conference finals and finals. Yeah. You know, you still got a, a couple games left of the NHL finals. You've got NFL and full, you know, the, yeah. the college football is finally going to, you know, start playing co- real conference opponents as opposed to Joe's uh, college for nuns by the sea. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a great. So, all right. So quickly uh, with the L.A. Rams, Tommy. Let me set you up. Let me cut you off and set you up right here. All right. Very nice. I wrote some I wrote some some bullets last night looking at this. Both teams are two and oh. Yep. Both teams have a top five offense, right? Okay, this might be the game of the week, by the way. I think it's up there, sure. No doubt. Battle of the Shans, McVeigh, McDermott. Uh, McDermott with his defense. He I think he brought them from twenty second to or from twenty sixth to second in defense. McVeigh, of course, on his offense. Both are three year coaches. Both have been to the playoffs two out of the three years. Great. Great. Rams the World Series. Um, so that's a great, a great matchup. Um, you got Goff against Allen, um, Goff and Cal, Josh Allen, Wyoming. Where'd that come from? What a great draft. Whoever that was, you know, from that rookie years, that rookie draft, he's, he's by far other than Lamar, yeah. other than Lamar, he's by far, you know, a great, great pick. And from Wyoming, who would have thought and they both grew up in, in California, which is 170 miles away from each other. Um, last time. Uh, they played each other. It was in 2016. Uh, the Bills beat the Rams 30 to 19. Tyrod Tyrod Taylor was the uh, was the quarterback, and Robert Woods, of course, who's now on the Rams, right? Played with the bank, the Bills then. Um, the, the tough thing I think for the uh, Bills is that me got going. Or are we cool for the no, Bills? Yeah, for the Bills is uh, you know. Higby last week was just just tore it up on the field, and I think uh, the Bills might have trouble with the tight end slot. They had trouble with Gasecki last week to get 130 yards and a touchdown. Um, I think that's going to be huge. Um, the uh, Bills have Diggs though, but Diggs is going to go against Jalen Ramsey. That's going to be a great matchup, I think. Yeah, totally. uh, that's going to open up a lot for John Brown. I think on the other end. Um, it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be a shootout. And I think uh, here, my prediction, even being a Rams fan, is that I think Josh Allen stays hot and uh, the Buffalo Bills become 3-0 and and the powerhouse of the AFC. You know, and that's uh, interesting. We're going to see the AFC because now all of a sudden people are looking at the Dolphins a little differently. Like, you know, maybe they're pretty decent. Yeah. Uh, people look at the Patriots and say, my goodness, they were, you know, an inch away from beating Seattle and being two and O with Cam Newton and they're you have to take them seriously. And then the Bills are three and O. So all of a sudden now the AFC East is not this gimme division yeah. like everyone thought it was. All right. We're well, we're going to let you go, Tommy. This was great. Yeah. Right, after further that. review, Tom Marino, ladies and gentlemen, and I'll try uh, and let, uh, I'll try and let others get in on the quiz every, every week, you know, on the, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll wait till like the third, second or third post and then post it. So. Okay. Good job. Yeah. He comes in, he comes in, you know, comes in late, checks into the show. Oh, it must be this guy. And then he, well, I had to go back. I had to go back and look for the blue screen behind you. The, uh, you know, the, the, the quiz, the, uh, clues. And then I, Oh, that's good. I think that's right. That's all good. All right, brother. Well, you have a great day and, yeah. uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, man. It's great. Great to be here. All right. Okay. All right, take care. Bye-bye. All right, that's Tom Marino. We're now going to bring in Joe Connolly. We're going to go across the sea. We're
We're going to go to Scotland and bring in a friend of ours who uh, was with us at the ESPN Club back in 1996. Big Gators fan, big Cowboys fan. How long have you been in Scotland, Joe? About two and a half years now. And uh, how's what's it like out there? You know, with COVID and everything else. What's how how has COVID um, affected Scotland? I know how it's affected the UK in general, but how about Scotland specifically? Well, it makes a difference when you have a leader who actually takes it seriously and believes that it's real. And Nicholas Sturgeon Good. has done absolute job at it. We just recently had a spike in cases, and she's already shutting down with curfews and making pubs close earlier. And what I mean by spike of cases, we had 200. And so you're talking about the Scottish leader, not Boris Johnson. Oh, that's right. right. Nicholas Sturgeon, you're, you're yeah. Part, you're still part of the UK. You guys wanted to split apart from, from England, and, and you wanted to stay with the EU, right? But, but you were overruled. Yeah, uh, but they were, we were kind of bamboozled in the uh, – with John Major saying this whole situation, if you stay in the EU, you don't have to worry about independence. We'll take care of you. We're going to stay in the EU. Nothing's going to happen. And then there it went. All right, buddy. So you are, uh, you have literally seen John and I do shows for, you know, 25 years at this point in time, 24 years. Uh, and you would come to the ESPN club, huge Gator fan, huge Cowboy fan. You you didn't care who knew it, and you actually mm-hmm. spent energy making sure everyone did know it. And, oh, yeah. Uh, so when you're looking at the NFL right now, I have to I have to ask, you know, three quarters into the game on Sunday, three quarters and, you know, 50 – Eight minutes, 55 minutes into that game, you were looking at 0-2. You were looking at what the heck's wrong with this team. You were looking at 5-8 and eight or 5-9 and nine over the last 14 games. After that miraculous comeback, how do you feel now? Is it Cowboys all the way again? Well, I, you know, man, I always like minutes. my Cowboys. I will always like my Cowboys. And the thing that really was upsetting me as that's going on, I'm thinking, oh, my God, we're 0-2, and we have to go to Seattle. So that, you know, that would be almost a guaranteed 0-3. You know, as sad as it is, you know, with everything going on, I'm even picking Seattle to beat my Cowboys this week. It hurts. It hurts. But I just think they're just, you know, they're really good. But, I, you know, you got to bet with your head, your head, not your heart. That's true. Seattle's brutal right now. And Russell Wilson is out of this world. And finally, people are thinking about him in an MVP sort of way. I think yeah. literally Russell Wilson hasn't gotten even one vote in any votes for MVP in his entire career. And he's already a hall of famer if he were to retire today. Uh, and I love Russell Wilson. I really do. I just can't stand the Seahawks. Um, all right. <laughs> well, so, that what's that? Why would that be? Huh? I know it's Same so reason. blatant. So obvious. So blatant. doesn't even matter this year because we've got four people that are healthy on our team. Um, so let's go to college football before we pick your brain, uh, over this weekend, because you're big, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're a big betting guy. You're a big, yeah. uh, betting dude. You, you I bet one or two pounds a week, one or two yeah. pounds. Sure. Per, per snap. I think it is for every <laughs> game it's about one or two pounds, I think is what that goes. So let's talk about the Gators first before, before we break down your, uh, 
you know, your wise guy predictions for the weekend. Um, mm-hmm. the, the Gators have yet to play any legitimate conference opponent. Is that right? Or did they play, um, they play Missouri at one point, at some point this t- season. What, who have they played so far? I haven't, I haven't followed. Oh, I haven't uh, this, college football. This is the SEC's first week. We play, uh, we play and, at Ole Miss. This is the SEC. But haven't they? Didn't they play? Didn't any of the SEC play one of their uh, cupcakes prior to this? I don't believe so. No, because we um, we're going basically no. all conference schedule. Just all conference, all conference. Okay. Yeah. So you're playing Ole Miss. Are you at Ole Miss? Or are you at? We're at Ole Miss, and we are favored by 13 points. And your thoughts of the Gators' season? Do you think they can win the SEC East? With our schedule, I have us losing one game, and that's Georgia. If we somehow beat right. Georgia, I think we have an undefeated season. But I, I, but I, Georgia our could schedule, win the East, though, right? Georgia could yeah, win the, the East. The, the winner of the um, Georgia Florida game wins the East, without a doubt, this year. Okay. I don't see anybody right. else in the East. I, I don't think they can call it the largest outdoor cocktail party at that time. I don't think they're going to even allow it. So it's going to be the, the, the yeah. you know, the get together formerly known as the largest outdoor cocktail party. They were already having to change the name for political correctness uh, anyway. All right. So the Gators are, the Gators are, uh, are strong then obviously mm-hmm. uh, who, who comes out of the sec West. Uh, that's the hard one. I mean, you have everybody always says Alabama with way they're going. You know LSU loses Morrow. Um, I think a nice little little underdog in there is going to be Texas A and M. Just you know how they they recruited well. I I I like them. I really think Texas A and M is going to be a little surprise in the West. You wearing an Astros hat? We'll just briefly touch on. Uh, oh no, no, that, 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 that would be a Cowboys hat, sir. That would be oh, a Cowboys right. hat, sir. It's hard for me to distinguish between those two teams. Um, all right, but so I am an Astros fan. we won't we won't touch on baseball right now, even though the Astros aren't in the playoffs, or they will be after today, more, more than likely. Yeah, let's go to the weekend's games and uh, mm-hmm. and your betting line. First of all, I know you were twelve. What was it? Twelve and one. Week one, yeah, and you lost a lot of the over unders, but in terms of the, uh, I lost, yeah, I was about fifty percent on the over unders. I was fifty percent on the over unders, but I only lost um, the one game on the covers. And how about week two? Uh, I did a little worse. I wound up uh, with nine wins, but still, nine wins, I'll take it. Nine against the spread. Dang, that's not against the spread. And uh, you're 0-1 right now, though, right? Because you picked Jacksonville. Yeah, I picked, I picked Jacksonville last night, yes. Which most that most was, people. I mean, yeah. All right, so the rest of the week, uh, why don't you go down the schedule and tell us what uh, what you think is going to happen. Well, I have – I always do three locks for college and three locks for NFL. The, the cover, the over-under, and who I th- what underdog I think is going to possibly win. But before I get into that, I have to ask Jeff a question. Is he wearing a Hurricanes hat? Do I see that right? Say that again. Is he wearing a Hurricanes hat? Looks like he is, yeah. As a a Florida State fan? 
So, wow. so you, you, you're an avid listener. So you must have heard the episode when my allegiances became one. My nephew uh, is going to be a first year player for the Florida State Seminoles baseball team. So now I'm a Florida State fan. I've always been a Hurricanes fan. It's been a tough, oh. tough decade or two. Hey, tough, tough decade. You see this? Tough decade? Really? How long since you won a playoff game? Come yeah. on. 19. Uh, well, no, you agree, won a playoff yeah. game, but I think you've won one. No, you've won two you playoff won games since 1996, right? Yes. One with Romo and one yes. with Dak. Yes. So that's, that's very sad. That's a quarter century. That's a quarter century. And you've won two playoff games and have not got Miami to the Miami hasn't won a championship since 2001. That's true, but they've, yeah, that, that's, that's a long drought, but it's not as long a drought as the Cowboys or the 49ers in terms yeah, of the championship. True. Well, it's funny, so, like I said, going back to the, the lines, um, for college, my cover this week is going to be Texas minus 16 and a half. Uh, Texas Tech is high-powered offense, but this is the one that I researched pretty good, and I think Texas is going to cover that line pretty well. And the over-under is going to shock people. I think Florida State and Miami goes under 57 and a half. That's going to be All the right. shocker of that one. Um, and right. It's strange. That when you see lines, when I'm, when I'm doing this, there are certain lines that say, oh, my God, why is that? And the one that struck me so hard was Army plus 11 and a half at Cincinnati. I think Army wins that game outright. And that's going to be my underdog to win the game. I like that. I like that a lot. They look very strong. Now, for my NFL picks, um, again, people are going to get shocked about it. I locked at Baltimore cover three on Monday night against Kansas City. Just, he's a beast. I mean, you. You cannot, as a quarterback, and in that situation, that have those weapons, that line, and that coaching staff, it's going to be, knock on wood, Dallas versus Baltimore in the Super Bowl. And I'm worried at that. All right. So you uh, like Baltimore over Kansas City. And then for the over-under, I think uh, Tampa Bay and Denver is going to fly over 43 and a half. That's way too low for that line. I mean, Denver doesn't score a lot. But, I mean, that's just way too low for Tampa. Denver will put some points up there, but I can't see that happening. And my underdog to win will be Cincinnati beating Philadelphia. Ooh, okay. And what's the line on that? That's a four and a half? Uh, yeah, I locked it in at six and a half because I see a good line like this early in the, when it comes out. I wow. lock it as soon as I can when I see, oh, that's going to that's gonna change. So I got it at six and a half. That's so I took nice. the cover and I took the the underdog. So, yeah. So, you know, as I like to say, live it, like it, lock it, because those are the big winners right there. All right. So uh, you like Seattle beating your Cowboys. Do you like the Cowboys to at least yeah, that, uh, that, that. does Seattle cover? It's five and a half, I believe. Yeah, uh, I locked it in at four and a half and I say they cover. I, I, I hate saying it. And that's one of those games. Where I hope I'm wrong. I absolutely hope I'm wrong. I love this, you know, what the Cowboys did, put energy in the Cowboys, and I really hope it carries through. But if you look at the history of the Cowboys, and say, it's been almost 25 years since we've done anything significant. 
Which team in the NFL, let's think about this, where the owner is the GM? How many teams? Oh, wait, one. And let me ask you about Green Bay and New Orleans. That's a tough game to call. New Orleans is favored. New Orleans is favored. Um, Mm -hmm. But a lot of people like Green Bay. Michael Thomas's status is still up in the air. Is to me, that's the key. If he's healthy, that ankle sprain or high ankle sprain, whatever he's got going, is if he can go, if he's 80, 90%, that changes their offense. That opens up Kamara time. It opens up their tight ends. Uh, and, and even Sanders, who's had a tough start, Emmanuel Sanders, has better chance. Um, but the way the Packers have been playing, you know, and the fact that right. the Superdome gives gives the Saints no advantage, although do they are, do they have – Jeff, do you know if they're allowing fans in the Superdome? It's a red state, so I'm assuming they, they do. I think they're going to allow a little. So like like an arrowhead, so there's they they can yeah. still make a difference because it's a dome and they could still yell and scream. Um, well, I, the I thing think about that game is, is healthy. I I'd go with New Orleans. How about you? Well, no, not just that. I have them winning anyway because I think they got a wake up call Monday night that they just can't walk into a game and say we can do this. We can just put our backs on on top of breeze. And uh, and just and ride them, but I think that's going to wake them up more than anything else. And you know, despite the fact that the coach lost a hundred thousand dollars, he has to work his way back up a little. So, all right. So before we let you go, Joe, we already do. We always do our locks and shocks. And Pelkey's a uh, big thing with his shocks mm-hmm. are questionable road favorites. Okay, questionable road favorites. The ones this okay. week. Uh, you know the 49ers. And the Giants, the Niners are only favored by three and a half, and they're very banged up. So that's a right. that's a road favorite. Uh, Tennessee is a road favorite at Minnesota. Minnesota's looked horrible. Tennessee's looked good, but that could be a trap as well. Uh, another road favorite is um, the Bucks over the Broncos, and I think that's it right. for the for the road favorites. It's San Francisco, Tennessee. And Tampa Bay, do you see any of those road favorites getting upset? I see um, Tampa Bay getting upset. Really? Really? To yes. the Broncos, eh? Six points. To the Broncos. Yes. Even without Locke. Even without Locke, yes. People All think, right. again, the way I do this, I have a whole yeah. system here. I can't say what it is, but I'm telling you it works sometimes. Sometimes it don't. But you just got to go with your heart on some things. And that game, when I saw it, I got it just at the right amount. I got it at six. And I think that's just the right wow. amount for Denver to win there. All right. All right. As far that's as the great. Other ones that's go, great. Have, yeah, as far as the other ones go, I do have Tennessee winning. And I do have San Fran winning because they're, I mean, the Giants without Barkley, I mean, they're, you can't, you know, if they win three games this year, God bless them. (laughs) All right. Well, I hope you're right. All right. Joe Connolly, all the way from Scotland. Thank you so much for joining us, man. That was a lot of fun. You guys have a great show. Thanks for breaking down those games. All right. Our, uh, Show continues with our loyal listeners and watchers. The next one in is uh, we'd like to call him the chief of the fire. Chief of the fire, Brian. I call him a scary. I, I know a lot of others say a scary. And I think on some level, 
Both are correct. Is that my understanding, Brian? Both yeah, brands uh, are correct. It's a long, boring story, but bottom <laughs> line is my my mom, who was not Persian, uh, was the one who uh, kept saying our name Ascari. So that's how I would tell people it's pronounced. And later, when I actually spoke to some people who speak Farsi, I was informed that it is Ascari. So, um, yeah. So I've been actually saying it wrong for, I don't know, I had 30, 40 years before I finally figured out the right way to say my last name. So you do go around calling yourself Brian Ascari now? Yes. And actually, if you look at it, it my fantasy baseball team is the Ascari Monsters, which makes more sense than Ascari Monsters. Well, and you've had that. Well, so and you've had that name for quite a while now, at least 10 years, right? I ha Yeah, I have. So I that's have. why I always thought I and I heard people call you Ascari. And I thought, you know, I, I didn't connect it to Ascari Monsters, but uh but I should have, and I've always called you a scary, so I feel good about I feel good about the instinct I showed there for the entire time. You, Speaking of scary monsters, you are in our uh, South Bay Rotisserie League, which has which goes back thirty four years, and you you've been part of it for a long time. Uh, you like me for the most part uh, struggle. We usually, as a rule, finish in the second division. Yes, and uh, this year, however, you have been essentially leading wire to wire in this truncated season and because it's such a short season because 60 games you can't build up enough runs or uh, you can't build up enough lead in any category things are so things can be so dynamic and shift so quickly just yesterday or three days ago you had fallen to i think you had fallen to second then you were then you were ahead by like three or four points and now i think you're behind by a half a point to uh, Paul Collette. So in your mind, and I know you're, I know you're a natural pessimist. Yes. In your, in your mind, how, how does, how do the scary monsters win a championship, which I think the entire league is, is rooting for because of your, you know, your history of, of, you know, not doing that well. Well, I, um, I don't know what to say. I mean, yeah, I pretty much think that I'm going to choke. Um, I've been a pessimist about this the entire time. Um, I've never led uh, the in the standings this late in the season. Right. And uh, yeah, I just, I know it's just all the wheels are going to fall off. I've been saying this for the last two weeks uh, in some ways it has, but somehow I've managed to remain in first place uh, up until again, yeah. uh, this week it got uh, a little dicey. So we'll see what happens this weekend. I've got, um, I only have, uh, four pitchers with starts left for the next, uh, for the weekend and they're all starting tonight. So, uh, that could make or break me in some of those pitching categories where I'm, uh, close on say whip or a couple other, uh, wins. I'm also, uh, I, there's a, going to be a point or two difference based on that. So we'll see. And, and my team has been languishing in last place for most of it. And all of a sudden it's in fifth, you know, out of the blue. And all, all of a sudden my offense is exploding. And you're right. You were battling with me with RBIs, but now I've got like a six or seven or eight RBI lead on you. So I'll do my best to, to also choke this weekend and to give you that, you know, at least to get, get you a point there in the RBI category. I'll do it. I'll do whatever I can. But you know, with me, when I have to win, I don't. And when I need to tank, I don't. Right. Well, we were. I even was in last place until the day before our draft. 
Yeah. Well, well, I mean, truth be told, we we even had a, a a plan concocted where we had a trade worked out. If you had the first pick in the uh, uh, um, fab draft, um, am I using the right term? Fab draft. But yeah. And um, and of course, the yeah. day before you shot up like two spots in the standings. And so the trade didn't happen. <laughs> Just and then, so, and then I, th- I think the next day you went back into last place. So yes, the next day I went yes. into last place. I can't so. even lose on cue properly yeah. in the South yeah. Bay Rivalry League. It's ridiculous. All right, we talked. Uh, let's touch briefly on the Dodgers. Uh, and and I know Tommy got into it a little bit. Yeah, I know you're a big Dodger fan. Have you you've been a Dodger fan your whole life, pretty much? Yeah, I'm, uh, uh, you know, t- uh, Tom and I are really oddities uh, from the standpoint that we. we I, I grew up also a Dodgers and Angels fan. I, I think actually my first game was uh, uh, California Angels, um, Chicago White Sox game when the White Sox were wearing their uh, red uh, and uh, uh, road gray uniforms. I can even remember back to uh, going to that game with my dad. But um, yeah, so I, I really do uh, like both teams. But yeah, the Dodgers also from, from since I've been a little kid. So uh, you've seen this and you've probably been frustrated the last seven years. It's now eight consecutive division crowns, no World Series to show for it. But this team, like last year, actually, has been the best in baseball all year long. And uh, most experts, like last year, I must say, uh, think that they're going to, you know, get to the World Series, probably win it this year, finally, for the first time since 1988. Tom thinks Tom's a little concerned about the Reds on the outskirts. He's next most concerned probably about the Padres. And uh, the only thing that worries him in the American League is the Yankees lineup, but usually good pitching beats good hitting. So what are your biggest fears? What are your uh, most concerned teams, if you will, going into the postseason that can trip up L.A.? Well, I I mean, just – uh, the, uh, I'm uh, completely in alignment with Tom as far as worrying about the Reds and their pitching in a short series, if that were to come to fruition. Um, obviously, the Padres are the upstart team. And and frankly, I mean, I, I would see, you know, if you're just a baseball fan and you're, you don't have a uh, uh, pony in the race, I mean, I would be rooting for the Padres. No, they're because, a fun team. There's no yeah. doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely uh, that. That is a team that uh, also, by the way, uh, does not have a lot of history um, as far as I mean. Obviously, they don't have a World Series victory. No, and uh, they do I not have only been to two right prior existence. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, uh, so they definitely worry me. But I'm obviously going to tell you if it does happen, and I know a lot of things have to fall into place, but. I'm going to be really worried just based on the whole fate thing. If the Dodgers have to open with the giants. Yeah. I know know on paper it would, it's a ridiculous matchup and the Dodgers should just, um, you know, waltz through uh, any type of series with them. However, there's just that. It's the uh, giants Dodgers. Throw out the record. Throw out the record. Exactly. And, And forget about anything on quote unquote on paper. It's, yeah, yeah, that would well, just be. I know, I know, classic. Jan, who is who is online right now, uh, 
You know, we would, I don't know about my mom, but I, I would be very classy about it, Brian. I wouldn't gloat, uh, at least publicly. Not too much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, tell us first about your career. You've had a great career. Uh, this is just a, uh, you know, a classic American story rising up through the industry of your choice uh, uh, until you got to the top, essentially. So, so give us a little thumbnail of, uh, because this is sort of going to be an intro to the next uh, topic we're going to tackle. So go ahead and tell everyone, you know, what your career has been since basically, I guess, the early 80s, if not the late 70s, uh, all the way to a few years ago when you retired. Well, it, uh, essentially, I was the little kid, just like everybody else, that uh, ran out to go see the fire engine anytime we, you heard the siren go by or, or uh, got excited when you saw the fire engine, uh, you know, going with its lights and siren down the street. And I uh, essentially didn't grow out of it. I um, uh, got involved in the uh, fire explorer program when I was in high school and uh, was very, very lucky and fortunate to get hired at a very young age um, as a uh, single function paramedic with the LA city fire department and worked for that with them for about six years. And then I got my dream job uh, working for the County of Los Angeles and um, worked my way up uh, the ranks and, and uh, made it to battalion chief and uh, spent 32 uh, great years with that organization and, and uh, retired as battalion chief. And it was a, uh, it was a wonderful career, and uh, it's an it's an overused uh, term. But I was I was and I, I still am living the dream. It was it was really uh, I'm just so blessed and so for, fortunate to have uh, had the career that I had. Yeah, and you you really you really did it right. And 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 you're right. You know, you're a humble guy. You give credit to you know everything around you first before you give credit to yourself. But you you made all the right choices. You made all the right decisions. You know, unlike a lot of your friends who made, <laughs> well, we won't, we won't, we won't mention any names. We, 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 won't, we won't go down those paths right, right, right now. But um, uh, and you, you know, you were able, and you know, California is a very good state in terms of supporting public service people. Yeah. And the yep. unions are strong, and and so you have a nice retirement as well. Uh, you were in L.A. County during '92. What was that like during the riots? Uh, it, it was, uh, definitely an, an interesting, uh, time and a stressful time. I was actually assigned to the, uh, Watts Willowbrook area. Um, that was my regular assignment. Uh, when the, and you, you felt the tension building in the community. Uh, there, there was, it was very, very tense even, uh, before, uh, the riots occurred and, um, but it was an interesting time. It's the typical thing uh, under circumstances like that. You see the worst of people, but you also see the best of people. And um, again, uh, it, the, the, the thing I always like to point out is, is uh, people uh, have a single view through the media, which they're doing their best. I get it. But um, I mean, there really were a lot of good people and are a lot of good people in those areas who are very, very supportive of public safety. And, um, and really, uh, I, I, I saw some really wonderful things uh, working in um, some of those areas as far as some of the things that people did and as far or, or said to us, just, you know, giving their appreciation to what we did on a, on a daily basis there. So now you're retired and you look at um, what's happening in California. It's happened you know, over the last few years as well. 
this season seems to be more uh, acute, I guess, than others with the wildfires and with uh, it, it just out of control. I don't know what the drought situation is in California. I don't know what your water situation is like in terms of rain. Um, I do know that we hear that you haven't raked the forests or whatever, and that's <laughs> that's that's what we hear too. But if, as an expert, as an actual expert in that kind of thing, what's your take on why these things are happening so vociferously and the reaction of the state to deal with it? Well, um, it, it, it is like everything. It's a complex problem. There's a lot of factors involved. Um, obviously, uh, to me, the, 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 the obvious factor is, is the weather conditions. Um, so officially, California was in a drought from 2012 to around 2019. Um, the drought was declared um, over, quote unquote, uh, around 2019 because we had a very, very wet winter that winter, unusually wet. And it whatever it, whatever the criteria is that they use, um, uh, it brought the water table up or water levels up so that it, it we technically weren't in a drought. However, with that said, I mean, we're still experiencing uh, very, very hot temperatures. And what that does in turn is it dries those fuel beds out and they, it makes them very receptive to any type of ignition source. So you have uh, low humidities, you have dry fuels, and then you get these different ignition sources, which, by the way, can even be natural ignition sources. Right. The majority of the fires that started, I would say, in uh, early August, and uh, the ones uh, especially up in the northern and central California areas, those were dry lightning strikes um, that right, uh, ignited right. those fires. So um, you have these conditions that in some ways are unprecedented from the fact that um, we've had these extreme conditions for a prolonged period of time. You have other factors such as um, bark beetle infestation that has um, killed a lot of the trees. Uh, and then you also have uh, forest management issues where there's a disagreement as to how to manage uh, these things. There's uh, a, a, a thinking that uh, proactive management, such as control burns and utilizing um, uh, other methods, such as um, uh, pre-constructed fire breaks, and uh, things along those lines that that's the way to go. And then there is uh, other, another view, uh, somewhat um, some coming from environmentalists that no, just let it naturally occur and leave it alone. And um, so you've got some competing interests there that, um, you know, so there is some merit to uh, the argument saying um, that you need to be more aggressive as far as managing the fuels. And I think that there's been a compromise. I don't think it's been an all or none either way. Uh, but again, it's, it's complex. That's what it is. And, you know, we, you know, both sides take complex issues and take a grain of truth in each complex issue and then run with it as if that's the one and only way. And that if you don't agree with that, you're an idiot. Uh, that's unfortunately where, 
where our discussion is, where our you know discussion is in this country about all those things. All right, brother, thank you very much for joining us. This was a lot of fun. We could do this all day long. Uh, good luck with your Dodgers, especially if they play the Giants. Thank you. I, I'm only saying that publicly. I don't yes. really, I don't I know really you don't believe it. it. <laughs> it's, not, it's completely insincere, but I'll, I'll still accept that. You'll accept it. Yeah, Thanks I'll for your expertise, it. and uh, appreciate you listening to the show as much as you do, Brian. Thank a thank scary, you. ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. All right, now we bring in to after further review, Lenny. Lenny, who goes back with us a very long way as well, I think started watching shows at the ESPN Club. Oh, I don't know, yeah, Lenny. Man. I want to say I want to say two thousand one, buddy. Was that it, or earlier? Ninety eight. I, I met you in ninety seven, my man. Ninety seven. See, that's bad. Ninety seven. One year after the club opened, you cost me twenty thousand dollars <laughs> because I met you and then I bought into that stupid DVC. There you go. That's what it is. A DVC at the at the boardwalk at yes, uh, at uh, Disney's, you know, all Disney's boardwalk. 20 resort. grand you cost me. Thanks, buddy. Well, 20 grand over 23 years isn't too bad if you get free, you know, free hotels there for a well, week every time. Back. It's not free. Well, it's free. I mean, you actually pay to stay there, even though you've put 20 grand into it. It's like a, it's like a condo. You have to pay maintenance fees. Okay, so there's ma- so how much so how much has it set you back, including the maintenance fees? Uh, like about fifty grand. <laughs> All right, I'm well, still working after thirty four years. Yes, he, he, you've been at Verizon how long now? Thirty four years, buddy. Wow, and what's your and and your job hasn't been affected at all by COVID. You've been working steadily the whole time, or was it was it shut down for a bit? No, we've been uh, we've been. Nonstop. Okay. And and, uh, I mean, was, and what? We, go ahead. We were, uh, they they cut out the visits like into like our installers going to people's homes and things like that. Uh, like I said, I'm I'm in the legacy side of the business. I'm not really uh, even though you know uh, we support the wireless side from the unions. You know we're union shop and uh, we support the non-union wireless side because all they have are retail clerks. They don't I have see. Actual, they don't actually have any technicians. But so. Anyway, so what's your actual gig as you support the legacy side of things? Uh, we handle the network. We cover like the, uh, the new turn up of new equipment into the network from uh, pretty much all of the Northeastern United States, uh, uh, new equipment with uh, the fiber. And there's still some legacy stuff out there with copper and, and things along those lines. But uh, and your big you, like I like I've told you several times, I know I can put the system together, I can make it work, but I can't work this damn computer. Well, that's fine. That's <laughs> you know, you're you're uh, like me. We're the same age. We're old white guys. So yeah. uh, good luck. Good well, luck actually, with, with really anything at this point. Man. I'm suffering sixty. I'm, I'm at sixty now already for a, a a little over a week. So. And, uh, and I will be that in a week. And one yeah. of our guests coming up uh, later in the show turned that in August. So, yeah, big year for 60-year-olds. Uh, all right. So, Lenny, you're obviously, if uh, anyone didn't know before, they can tell by your accent, you're a big Pittsburgh guy. and uh, But you're a Packer fan. Yes, sir. Um, and uh, how did that happen? I mean, you, you, like, you like the Penguins. You like the Pirates. Oh, you like uh, yeah, Penn yeah, State. Joe Conley was talking about living in misery, my man. I just wanted to hang on to this hat. You want to talk about misery? Yeah, nineteen seventy-nine. Seventy-nine. Two playoff games in thirty-five years. 
not wins, just two no, games. just two games. Yes, that's rough, dude. That is <laughs> rough. Uh, yeah, and and so the last time you won a World Series was 1979. You went to those three straight uh, playoffs in 1991, 92, and then I think you've had one playoff game since or two. Two. Okay, and one Giants was in the Reds. Giants, yeah, where Brandon Crawford hit the uh, only postseason grand slam by a shortstop in Major League Baseball yeah, history. Just, I, I don't know why I know that, but yeah, I do. <laughs> well, I have an interesting trivia question for you, buddy. I just found this when I was scanning through some things, doing a little research for the show. Do you know which Major League Baseball team has the most Hall of Famers? Well, I would guess the New York Yankees. I did too, and that is that's incorrect. Then the next, I would say, uh, I, I would say the Giants. I would You're say, correct. yep, the San Francisco Giants. That, that kind of caught me a little. I, I guess they incorporate the New York Giants into that too. You know, they do. But you'd figure that if they had the most Hall of Famers, they'd at least have a, you know, I don't know, a at, third, at a third of the World Series championships that they have. At least twenty-two World Series. At it? least you'd you'd figure, but no. I mean, remember the Giants had five Hall of Famers in the '60s, got to one That's World true. Series and lost. Yep. You know, Willie Mays, Willie McCovey, Gaylord Perry, Juan Marichal, Orlando Cepeda. I mean, what the hell is going on? <laughs> anyway, I can't. I still get upset, and I, you know, I was four and five and six during that era. Anyway, well, well that, that that goes back to my love for the Packers because as growing up. You know, right. the, when I first started, when I first got attracted to football, it was probably about around age eight or nine. And that was in the heyday of the, you know, the sure. Lombardi Packers and, uh, you know, and uh, you've stuck with them ever since. Yeah, I just uh, I like the team and uh, I like Bart Starr and uh, Donnie Anderson was on that team. Probably don't remember him. He was a running back and uh, uh, just stuck with him. You know, and there's some good stories about him and, and uh, it just became a good franchise. All right. Well, we do a lot of locks and shocks, and I know you you like Joe Connolly. Uh, you know, you're kind of big big betting guy. You do your I share, saw. and you uh, you have um, you know you have relied, if I should say that word, which is always dangerous when you we're talking about relying on uh, John and I. Well, don't, and, hey, don't say that. We don't want to upset John. We're paying him a little homage here because he's not here, right? We are, and uh, and and he's. Uh, you know, between the two of us, we have done, I guess, pretty well over the last three, four or five years. Well, actually, you know what? It actually goes back now. We're going into uh, season eight, my man. Wow. That's just nuts. Yeah, you tell me about it. It's, it's like one of the longest streaks I've ever been on in my life. That's amazing. So I'm going to give you my lock and shock for this okay. week. My, my lock is probably something you would guess, and that's Seattle beating uh, covering the spread on on the on the Cowboys, Seattle's just uh, certainly, you know, really really good. I don't know if I'm going to go with the with the Niners as the shock because it's the Giants. My heart says I should go with them as a shock, but uh, the Giants are just so bad. My, my, I am I am going to pick um, Minnesota over Tennessee. I, I uh, can see how that could happen, and I, I was going to tell you that uh, the. Uh, my uh, my Yahoo sp- my 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 Yahoo fantasy notification just popped up about an hour ago, and uh, Kittle's been rolled out again. So they're going to be without him, and that's he's a, he's a big part of that offense, my man. Uh, who's who are they going to throw the ball to? Jim, is Jimmy G going to play? We don't know that. He's day to day. Mostert is day to day. I think Debo might be back though. That will help. Um, it's it's rough. You know they've got uh, 
Bourne. They've got Kevin Bourne, who's decent. They've got, you know, the rookie, Ayuk. And uh, their their offensive line is banged up. It's it's brutal. It really well, is brutal. And it's on that damn uh, turf again this this yeah. uh, week. So I don't know. Niners Niners are in tough shape. They're they're banged up pretty bad. So let's talk about uh, another. I mean, what are you, are you going with them? Maybe as a as an upset with the Giants? Oh, uh, I don't really like that game at all. I, that, that's a game that scares me. I, I think you got the right state, and I you know God forbid I'm saying this because. Just a week ago, I was bashing this team, but uh, and this is not—I have nothing to back this up. And Joe Conley was talking about feelings and things along those lines. That uh, uh, every all these sports announcers on TV are just talking about how wonderful the Indianapolis Colts are. My shock this week are going to be the New York. Wow! Wow! Now it's a—it's a big line. Yes. So you're you're not saying they're going to win outright, but they're going to—they are going to win outright. Wow! I think really field goal. It's 11 and a half or something like that, right? Yeah, right. That's correct. Indianapolis is going to lose outright to the Jets. To the New York Jets. That's Lenny's major shock. Now, the other thing about Lenny, if anyone doesn't know that he's from Pittsburgh, and, and even though the Steelers aren't his favorite uh, football team, he lives there and he studies all of their trends, trends that you wouldn't even know were trends he's studied. And he comes up with all kinds of reasons why they're either going to lose or or win that go contrary to even all the wise guys in Las Vegas. So this time around the uh the Steelers this week um do they have a bye this week? No, they're no, playing they, the Texans. They play Houston in Pittsburgh. They're, they're four and a half point favorites. Yeah. That and and your thoughts on the Steelers. Well, with the with some of this uh, crazy things that I look at, okay? Yeah, seriously, it's as they're nuts. As, I, as much as I hate to do it, I, I think this is a week to take the Steelers. Also, I think they're gonna, okay. I think they're gonna win by uh, maybe double digits, and it's gonna be a low-scoring game because, uh, again, with the trends, uh, the Steelers eight or I think it's like eight or nine of their last ten or eleven games have been under the number, and the Texans aren't far behind. I think it's five out of the last seven that uh, the Texans have been under. Well, with that being said, I'm sure the game will be like 50 to 43 or something like that. But uh, and, uh, and again, all right, so, you, so they're going to go three and zero. And uh, so there's, there's going to be some Steeler talk after yeah, next week and, and uh, overreaction Monday. The other little dip there is, and this is something I, that I just saw in the newspaper one day this week, is that uh, uh, the Steelers at home against the line after they went over in a game, which doesn't happen very often, are uh, like. Six and six out of their last seven, or something like that, against the number. Okay. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that point towards a Steeler victory there, and and uh, a cover, and a cover yeah. for that. And as far as my Packers go, I don't know what to think about that. All, all I can, I'm, I'm like you, Mark. I, I I got that conspiracy theory going, and I just think that the Packers are going to lose every week, just like you do with the 49ers. I do, and and I also think that I also think though that if the Saints don't have Michael Thomas, that yes puts them at a big disadvantage. Absolutely. And I think that's still day to day too. That ankle sprain, that high ankle sprain is not, uh, he, he's out. is he out? Out. I know they held him out of practice. They, they, well, Yahoo's reporting him as being out right now. His status on Yahoo is out right now. I may have to change that. Cause I, on my, the one fantasy I mean, that, league, that could, that could still change. This is only Friday. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he's still- yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Uh, we'll and, uh, see about Green Bay. I don't know. They look they look strong. I don't hey, know how strong because it's been against a, 
Minnesota team that's looked pathetic thus far and a Lions team that has looked pathetic, you know, for half a century. So um, it's here's, here's my out on the Packers. If Aaron Jones accounts for 230 yards of offense every game, they're going to be 17 and 0 this year. Yeah, it's a, yeah, exactly. That's exactly. all I can say about that. No doubt about it. All right, quickly before we let let you go, you're a Big Ten guy. You love uh, the Nittany Lions, and the Big Ten is going to play. They're going to have an eight game season, as far yes. as my understanding goes, which is going to qualify them for the uh, football playoff. Uh, how do you think it's going to go? Do you think it's Ohio State all the way and their quarterback, who's an absolute stud? Well, uh, I think it. Uh, you know, again, the Big Ten is similar to the SEC in a lot of ways that the uh, uh, one division is kind of over overloaded with talent and the other one, eh, not so much. Right. You know, it, uh, you know, in the one division, you have Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan. In the other division, you have Wisconsin and an upsurging Minnesota team. But uh, to answer your question, I really believe this year that it, uh, uh, We'll see what Penn State does. I mean, they have a good quarterback up there, and I'm not saying that as a homer, but uh, they have a lot of talent there. They've got some speed up there, and uh, uh, there's a possibility they could beat Ohio State this year. Uh, the other division, it's going to be Wisconsin. It. It's going to be Wisconsin against. Uh, I'll say uh, I'm about sixty-five uh, Ohio State and thirty-five Penn State. Okay, uh, coming out of the West. Same way in the SEC. I mean, I I can't see how Florida can possibly. I just think they're going to beat Georgia this year. And uh, you do, and yeah, then they'll yeah. be they'll be in the championship game. Yeah, I, I I think if they get past this game tomorrow with the opener, yeah, because uh, you know there's a lot of big games in the SEC this weekend. Uh, you know, with uh, Florida going down to Mississippi, you know that's old Lane Kiffin's coming out party down there this week. And Old Miss has given them trouble. Yes, in the past. And, uh, 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 Mississippi State goes down to LSU, and that's uh, Mike Leach is returning to the SEC this week. So, if OSU wins, if Ohio State gets out of the Big Ten, do they qualify for the playoff in your mind? Oh, or I not? think so because uh, I, I think that uh, you know, here's another game of interest too that uh, you were talking about Army, uh, and I like just watching games for fun sometimes. And uh, the game that popped at me is UCF. That, that kid at UCF has a quarterback. What's his name? Gabriel, is that his name? I think so, yeah. He's a lefty. Super accurate, man. He uh, he might – I'm telling you, I think the kid might be – he might be approaching to a level. He, he runs around good back here, and UCF has some speed. Yeah, this that's – This might be a, a five-hour game this weekend for UCF playing at East Carolina. Ever since O'Leary left, they have had a really yeah. nice program, and yeah, they, uh, it's a lot of fun to watch. Like 79 and a half. Wow. It keeps going up. All right, buddy. So you got my lock and shock, my lock, and we'll get you John's later. My lock is Seattle. My shock is uh, Minnesota beating Tennessee. Okay. And uh, thank you very much. It's great having you in here. uh, You're a friend of the show. You've been on the show multiple times now at this point, and uh, we look forward (laughs) to the next time you come around. Thanks, buddy. Absolutely. Anytime, my man. All right. Have a great day. You got it. Now we're going to bring in uh, a man I like to call my dad, my daddy. We go back 45 years as well to high school. We did high school shows together, and we've remained very good friends for that entire time. Russ Ayers from Huntington Beach, big Dodger fan, joins us now coming up. I guess I can bring him in here, right? 
Can I just add him to the stream? There it is. There's my Dobby. Dobby! <laughs> uh, Russ Ayers, Huntington Beach. Um, highly successful man, uh, father, husband, uh, friend. Um, has had a great career, uh, you know, navigating the uh, the world of medical supply sales. Is that fair to say it just in those three words, my Dob? Okay. Sure. Yeah. And uh, first of all, let's say, how are you? It's great. Oh, by the way, to see your face. It it's is great. It is great to see yours and to be here. It's great to see uh, Jeff's face. So because I am a podcast listener. Yes. I, yeah. uh, I don't like to be locked into the YouTube schedule. Uh, <laughs> I know you're. I know, I know Pelkey's feelings about this, and I know yes. your feelings about this. Yeah, I love yeah. it, Bob. Uh, but it's nice to see Jeff. It's nice to see uh, Lenny, too, the, 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 uh, the, the guy that has all the answers to, to all the trivia. It's, uh, it's, it's good to see that, uh, that face with the name. Right. And, and where is Pelkey today? Uh, well, he just chimed in on, uh, on the comments. He's actually making money. He's actually got a gig in uh, – in, a, in the field that we have chosen for our careers that we never thought we were going to work in again, he's announcing a uh, cross country race. So it's not a, it's not a marathon where they pack them in those corrals. I guess that you just kind of wander in for the, with a cross country race. And so the social distance can work, but he's got a gig announcing. He just, he just chimed in with a, uh, with, uh, with a comment, wait, we have a show today. So what I've said, Russ, is that I've said, Okay, you're making money, great, blah, blah, blah. We know where your priorities are. We just simply know where your priorities are. And uh, so that's why I brought in all of our, our listeners. But that's what he's doing. And I know that you you had no idea about John Pelkey prior to the show. And you, like most of my friends, have developed a huge crush on John Pelkey because of his brilliance and his wit. I, I don't know if I would go as far as crush, but, uh, uh, you know, I'm obviously sympathetic to his politics. I love his sense of humor. Clearly. Uh, and um, he's a perfect foil for you. You guys have a, a, a wonderful uh, chemistry, among other things. Uh, and and uh, this show is better with both of you than it would be with just one of you. And of course, it would be impossible without Jeff. We all know this. Yes, yeah. that's the thing that wouldn't have ever happened. Thank you, sir. Thank you. So let's see. Oh, John's in Lakeland right now. And uh, now he, he says, please go that far, Russ. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a message, a note uh, to John, if he's listening. Uh, John, would you be surprised at all if I got a text uh, shortly before I came on to the YouTube, asking me to to be on the YouTube because yeah. I think I think your partner John was looking for some content today, and so he's he's trolling out there. Uh, to, has not has has mom been on yet? Has Nana been on? No, Nana is in the waiting room. She's going to close our show. Ah. So we I, so we've got all of our regular listeners. We've perfect. got Tom, Tom Brian. Lenny, oh, Joe, from, Joe, Joe from Scotland, Perfect. and mom. Yep. Oh, exactly. that's fantastic. I'm sorry. I missed you, Tom. I, I, uh, I logged on late. I, I, 
I came in just right in the middle of the bark beetle, so I got to see uh, I got to see Brian. Very fun. It's like the Brady Bunch uh, all over. It is. I want to I want to keep looking up here <laughs> and over there. John uh, has commented. He says he's even funny when he's not there because <laughs> he got you to laugh with "Oh, go that far." That's funny. go with crush. Go with crush. I have I have. Uh, uh, has has there been a Hamilton reference yet on the there show? Has, there has not. There Let has not. Let this be the first time. Then we can't go through a show without Hamilton, right? No, we can't. Do you have one to throw our way? Uh, well, this is in the room where work happens. I don't know. Uh, I want to say to I didn't John, have one ready. I want to say to John, who go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, John, who, of course, is worried that because he's off the show right now that I, you know, in my in my you know dark, evil plan, plan to not have him back. And so the reference I will bring in is that we're teaching John how to say goodbye. Teach him how to say goodbye. Johnny. <laughs> You're I, I'm comparing him to George Washington, at least. I mean, that's the that's a decent way to go out. Well, that's uh, I guess you could look at that as the positive thing. You can't be this can't be goodbye because you're going to run through the whole all, all your all your friends in one show. Right. We are. <laughs> but who's to say they won't just join me every show from here on out? <laughs> because, you know, some of them are retired. You know, yeah. it's it, it is covid. Some of them just aren't working. Yeah. And uh, and then if the ones who are working, you know, will join us maybe on it, you know, every every once a week. And we could probably keep this thing going for a while. This we, this we, format, which has been a lot of fun, by the way. Well, I have really enjoyed the show. I'm so glad you guys I'm did it. If it hadn't been for COVID, you 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 wouldn't have. Right. This was this was the, the this was a result of that. This is one of our, you know, attempts at uh, throwing something creative at the wall and seeing what sticks uh, yeah. Yeah, along with a, a variety of other concoctions that we've uh, come up with. Uh, but I'm glad you like the show. It's very fun. I, we really enjoy it. And uh, I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to the deep dive 1968 yet. Have you heard this? I one cannot yet? wait. No, I cannot wait. You know, I, I, I like the dives a lot. I really, well, you've, you've seen my email. So, so of course I liked the, uh, I, I liked the, the, uh, the, the giants. I, and I enjoyed the, um, uh, the, 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 was it 1938 or 30? 41. He did 41. the year 41. Yeah. 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 I love that. I love the history with, with, uh, that, that you, that you bring in. Um, I also, uh, as long as John is listening, I want to let him know how much I enjoy Vince Scully. No. I haven't, his Vince Scully. I understand. Uh, I haven't heard, I haven't heard reasonable man in a while. We yeah. want reasonable man. No, reasonable man is hilarious. And yeah. uh, <laughs> no, it's really good. He does both characters in reasonable man. He does someone who's just reacting just well over the top. And it could yes. be reasonable man and Vin Scully, actually yeah. uh, questioning true. why Vin is going so dark, why he's <laughs> advocating so much murder and mayhem. You know, it's, it's just uh, I think reasonable man would be concerned, you know. So it's 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 hilarious because the more over the top the one character is, the more 
<laughs> the more reasonable the guy becomes and it's just i, it's, I yeah, love it it's, it's it's great and and it's great that we're spending all this time talking about john while he's How about here. that they you know and that's not surprising to me because that's in the end who uh you know who people talk about okay so now he says lopes Lopes takes the Lopes takes the inside pitch. <laughs> it's it always Davy Lopes. Lopes. It is frequently Davy Lopes it, or, or Ron Say. Every Ron now and then, Bill Day. Bill Russell makes an appearance. But I've told yeah. him I don't care for Bill Russell as much no, as the others. I'm not sure why he ended up being the one I I didn't like the most. Even with Garvey being so uh, easily hated back in the day, and and he was for me than now. Some would say, right? He was, but when he when he went to the Padres. And he was responsible for helping the Padres come back against a two nothing deficit in the playoffs for crying out loud against the Cubs in 84. Um, got a soft spot for him. Like his clutch, his clutch stuff that I hated about him. Yeah. Wasn't, wasn't hurting me anymore. And it was actually helping my rooting interests. So, uh, he kind of won me over a little bit on that one. All right. So we talked to Brian a little bit about the Dodgers. We talked to Tommy a lot about the Dodgers. I know you're a Dodger fan. Would you say you've been a Dodger fan your whole life? Would you been Would you say you've been a passionate Dodger fan your whole life? How would you describe that? Dodger? So I, I I have been a Dodger fan my whole life. I, I don't know if you have been. A, I don't know if you could say that uh, I'm a passionate or have been a a passionate fan. I mean, you guys are encyclopedic in your knowledge and not just you and John and Jeff, but the listeners. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. The recall that you guys have, I don't have that recall. Uh, I watched a little of the game last night. Uh, They were up to nothing and I went back to basketball uh, and I never saw the rest of the game. I haven't checked the scores this morning. So that makes me very passionate. Uh, but dad took us to the games when we were kids, that stadium in the ravine is spectacular. It is. It's beautiful. And, beautiful. In spite of the fact that they had to bulldoze a bunch of Latinos right out of, uh, right out of their homes. Um, but it, um, yeah, I like the national league. I like, um, uh, uh, I've always liked the Dodgers and, uh, with that comes, not the same level of hostility that you have for my Dodgers, but I have that Giants Dodgers sure thing angst. Uh, what is a it? A little bit. Yeah, yeah. Brian's worried about the the playoffs because it would just it would be typical if if yeah. this highly mediocre Giants team somehow upsets the Dodgers and thwarts them again from trying to win their first World Series. Yes. If yeah. John was if John was here, I'd say, how long has it been, John? Since the Dodgers won the World Series, and he'd say since 1843. <laughs> yes, he would. We know it's been since 1988, but we do. Uh, they've had so many chances, and uh, I I don't know if you saw this or if you talked about it, but there was a GoFundMe uh, when Houston came to Dodger Stadium. Did you hear about that? No. It was a it was a GoFundMe page uh, to get a, a a plane to fly over Dodger Stadium when Houston came. And just say cheaters or something. Astros cheat, bang, bang. Wow. Yeah. Wow. They, well, they, I, they got the first funding and then they funded a second plane. They had no trouble funding that. Right. Okay. So who's the pitcher that got into it with him? Joe, I want to say it's Joe Pellet. Lewis. 
It's not Kelly. Joe Lewis. Joe Kelly. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've never had anything against Joe Kelly. Uh, he's a little, you know, a little skinny for my taste. But other than that, um, but when he, you know, they got, you know, he, he hit, uh, I guess it was Bregman, right, Jeff? It was Alex Bregman that he hit. And, uh, and, then, he, and then he went off and he did that face like or yeah. something along those lines. And I just thought that is just so unseemly. That is just such like, do you want your kids seeing that Joe Kelly? You really want your kids look, seeing their dad look like their bratty younger brother. I mean, really? I, anyway, you, that was just me because I, I don't give the Dodgers any benefit about. of any doubt. What's that? Go ahead, Jeff. That's baseball. That's the way you're supposed to play. I want my kids seeing that. No, I don't mind him hitting the player. I mind the face afterwards, which just was so. Oh, okay. Okay. Off-putting. Yeah. Just so off-putting. It was the face. It yeah, wasn't it's like the guy after you already knocked him down. Yeah, it was kind of, I don't know. Your, your thoughts on that, my thought? I think that there's so much bad behavior in sports to well, call him out on that little thing. Enough. When fair you have enough. Arena on the world stage at the U.S. Open with a tennis ball shouting down a, a, a line judge saying, I'm going to stuff this ball down your bleeping throat. That's and and she has such a pedestal and she spoils it with with stuff like that i mean there's 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 plenty of examples of bad baby behavior in in sports and and in, right and now, in life I, I do agree with jeff i think there is a certain amount of you 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 know there's 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 posturing right there's posturing it's a look it's a flip of the bat it's it's whatever it is uh, but but that goes on all the time. And by the way, he you know, that moment had been building up since they, you know, since they faced each other before. So he was since 2017. Yeah. For yeah. three years almost. Yeah. So, yeah, fair enough. All right. Dal, I could talk to you forever on this, but uh, Nana has been waiting patiently for almost an hour and a half. Oh, we, my goodness. We need, we need to we need to bring her on. Actually, Jeff, let's just bring her on. Let's just go ahead and bring her on and join uh, Russ real quick, so she can she can say hello to oh, Russ. Oh, good! I'm so happy to see. Mom, Russ. you need to get more in the frame. Russ, you see? Can you hear? You see that you're? Can you move to your right? Can you move oh. toward the toward the wall? There we go. I'm here. Oh, yeah. Oh. I'm drawing the wall. I'm here. There it is. Perfect, Mom. You look great. Hi, Russ. Thank you. After a short notice this morning, <laughs> while I was reading about Pac-12, stupid stoops playing again. Anyway, goodbye. Oh, you you don't like them playing, Mom? <laughs> no, it's stupid. These kids, it's not good. I mean, why? Did they just, you know, they caved. They caved. Anyway, that's my that's my take. I I get it. I get it. Can you know, I say it's gonna... one thing to your mom, and then yes. I'm going to give you your your square back uh, yes. to Jeff and say goodbye. Jan, you look spectacular. You oh, just look good. spectacular. I can't wait I... to see you. 
If only you had my hat, you would look even better. I hate that blue. Not only do I hate the L.A., I can't stand that Dodger blue. And, of course, you have to, oh, yuck. You have to combine it. <laughs> Love yeah. you, Jan. Love you, right. my well, Mark. Love you, my dad. See you, see you, you later, uh, Russ, All right, Mama. Russ. You are okay. here with me, with your son. Okay. Uh, and uh, John Pelkey is 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 uh in lakeland right now do you have anything to say to john uh as as we um well, you know as we close out the show i think that uh, i have to say i have actually come to agree with although as you said we are still talking about john in his absence <laughs> you know john is still the center of attention <laughs> And even when he's not even there. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. You know, you're Jeff's favorite. You are definitely my favorite. You're my favorite listener. Thank you, Jeff. Well, and and I love the fact great job. And you have to sit there like you've been, uh, you know, gagged. Nobody, we can't ever hear you say anything. And I know you have opinions. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I I actually, when we started this, I I tried to not talk at all. They talked me into talking and then they realized that I say things that uh, they'd rather not hear. So they gagged me. It's an order. It's written. I can show it to you if ever necessary. Okay. See, that's not true. That's not true. We, we, We used to have a thing called the bubble check with Jeff that has faded away recently, but we'll, we'll, we might bring it back. Although the closer we are to the election, the, the more, the more dangerous that may be, but it's probably the most needed yeah. though. Probably. We need civil discourse. Don't we mom? Or you don't care about civil discourse. Do you? Yes. No, I, you know, I, I really bemoan the fact that all those years that we lived in Palos Verdes, which when you think about it was really more of a Republican, at least our friends that were Republican. Uh, we had a few that we knew that were, but we, nobody ever identified one way or the other, you know, but we could be, we'd go, we'd be social with these people and your father might get into a discussion with someone else, but it would be at a, you know, at a dinner party or whatever. Nobody was angry. Nobody hated one another. Now it's a totally different thing. And Jeff, I'm, I'm, you're really kind of a moderate, aren't you? Jeff, I would, I would tell myself that. I, I would I am very close yeah. to libertarian, but I, I do want to get credit you yeah. and and your husband. You raised your son, whom is the only child of yours that I actually know, because Mark and I for years have been having political conversations and we always end up at the end still just as friendly at as we were See? at the beginning. And, and that is that is something that I not only enjoy, but I, I think it really reflects on uh on a person's character. And of course you and your husband are, are the reason he has that character. <laughs> yeah, mom. That goes for all the bad, that goes for all the flaws as well. So, <laughs> well, you know, you yeah, take the good, right. the the, take take the good with the bad. Yep. All right, mama. As, so as his younger. Okay, what, let's talk No, what? go ahead. As his younger, what, sister say? I was going to say, as, as his younger sister would say, she's got the best and the worst 
of the two of us, of my husband, of my husband and I, uh, you know, and I think Mark kind of does too, although Mark is a lot like my father. So he just, you know, he kind of is a little bit of an even keel and says nice things about people I, or teams I wouldn't say nice things about. And uh, so anyway, well, it, thank it you, just Jeff. Gave me, it gave me a, a bigger point of view when I was at the club, at the ESPN club, because, you know, we had fans from everywhere, Mom. We had fans from the Midwest, from the Northeast, and I, we would just see normal people rooting for their teams. And you start thinking about, you know, those teams and you just start thinking about, yeah, that's right. you know, you just have, you just start being more of a fan of the game than, than your team. But it, it didn't, it didn't diminish the passion I have for my teams, but it did open me up to respect and understand the good in other teams a little bit better than I had before. You know, I was out of a little sports bubble, if you will by being at the ESPN club. All right. Now, right. speaking of sports bubble, every show I have to talk giants or, or 49ers and we've already done a little bit, but we're going to have some more San Francisco talk right now because you're wearing a giants hat at the moment, mom, at the moment, they're the eighth seed. They lost last night in a winnable game. They should have beaten the Rockies and they would have been in better position with the Padres coming into town because the Padres have owned them all year. So I'm very nervous about this weekend, but uh, Brian, Especially you yeah, heard this in nerve. Can you, I mean, can you imagine if it's the, if, if, cause it's two out of three, anything can happen with two out of three though. Easily the worst team could come out on top in a two out of three series. Oh, Wouldn't God. that be unbelievable if we thwarted the Dodgers this year when like last year, when the nationals of did it, I everyone has yes. said that they're the best team in baseball. <clears throat> But what are the odds, though, Mom? Not they very end, good, right? End, I, I'm not hopeful. Brian and I chatted uh, during the during the, the show. We were chatting, and, uh, you know, he was being very nice, unlike he was a few years ago when he said some not very nice things when we were arguing about the Dodgers, but that was a long time ago. Um, but, no, I, I – I, it would be, it would really be a miracle. It would be, how many games were we down when we played Kansas City in, um, I mean, it was 10 to nothing the night before or something, or 10 to whatever, and we came back, maybe would be that. I don't know. I just don't know. I'm, I don't think, I, I don't think we can do it. Where are we, where would we be playing that game? Would we have to go to Dodger Stadium? We would, yeah. I think it's the first Mark, two out of three. Yeah, the two out of three game yes, yes. is at the home park. Can you hear me? Okay. And then okay. after that, okay. it goes to bubbles. Um, and the National yeah, League right, bubble right, is, right. Is, is either San Diego or Los Angeles. So regardless, it's going to be in Southern California. Yeah. The Giants, you know, every time. And they're not – they haven't played well in Southern yeah. California this year at all. But the fact that they're in it – going into the last week of the se season, last weekend of the season is pretty fun because no one thought they'd be in this position. So I give Gabe, I give Gabe Kapler a huge thumbs up. Yeah. And, and people seem He's to like really him in San Francisco now, right? The writers seem to have come around yeah. on him and all that. Yes. Yep. And the analytic thing is still, you know, on our sports talk radio show, they make fun still of the analytics, but they see where, uh, they have this thing whenever they talk about computer, they have a sound of a 
like a, a geeky guy on a computer with the, all the do, 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 when they talk about analytics and it's funny, but um, maybe it's worked. I don't know. Maybe it's worked, but yeah. he is, he is. And Kyle Shanahan was on this morning. So Nick Mullins is in for sure. Uh, oh my he, gosh. he told, oh, he said, since I'm talking to you thinking he was only talking to KNBR. He said, since I'm talking to you, yes, Nick Mullen will be the quarterback. But um, who's the guy? Uh, Ian uh, Rappaport. It was either Ian Rappaport. He picked it up on Twitter and then tweeted it out. So now it's not a secret until Sunday. But anyway, um, you know. So we'll no see. Garoppolo, we'll, no Kittle. Uh, no Kittle. No, Moses. Uh, no Solomon Thomas. No uh Oh God, I don't know. There's obviously don't know Nick, how many. Nick Boza, but but what about Debo? Is Debo in or not? I don't know. I I don't okay. remember. Maybe a possibility as Kittle right, is a possibility. Mom. So uh, we're going to let you go soon. But as we let you go, uh, why don't you give me or John maybe one note about how to improve after further review? I think that'd be a good way to end the show. You know, I don't know, Mark. I was. I couldn't get over the deep dive in 1968. That was so, when you think everybody complains about 2020, which is bad, terrible, catastrophic, but I couldn't believe all the different things that actually happened that year. So those deep dives are great. I really find those. And I would think that you, I would think you would get a lot more subscribers if somehow everybody knew that's what you did. You know. Yeah, yeah. You think one would think you don't have to watch. Yeah. yeah. I said you don't even have to like Any, the show. You don't have to listen. You don't have to do anything. Just uh, you know, subscribe to the YouTube. Subscribe to podcast. Right. Right. But you know, um, maybe maybe we'll break I through. Think, Durka, I Durka. Think you guys are doing a great job. What? All right. Pardon me. All right. I, well, I appreciate I, I appreciate that. Does dad ever listen I, at all? <laughs> the other day I've been forgetting. I've been forgetting to watch it. And so yeah. I said, I'm going to go watch Mark now. And, uh, oh, okay. And off he goes <laughs> to, I'm actually sitting where he parks himself every day. Because he's doing, but listen, Mark, when you think he's teaching, he, he's, teaching. he's teaching tomorrow for six hours, six hours on Zoom. Unbelievable. Taught last night, taught Tuesday six, night for two. Yeah. So six hours. Dad, dad's and, a college professor, in case anyone uh, doesn't know this, at the ripe old age of a uh, ripe young age of 83 and is on Zoom six hours in some days, which is unbelievable. So. I know the teachers yep. out there can relate. Yep. Tommy probably can relate to that. But uh, all right, Mama, it's, uh, it's uh, uh, hour 34, well past what I'm comfortable with, with after further review. Okay. But uh, thanks for joining us. Goodbye, Thank Tommy. you to Tom Marino. Yep. Thank you to Joe Connolly, had- who says, do I respect yep. this? Go ahead, Mom. I know. I like Joe you Connolly. You I've not what? met him. Put sugar no, Joe's him. great. Joe's great. We're yeah. gonna have uh, we're gonna have Joe on more, and uh, we're gonna have everyone on more to to talk some stuff. But that was great. Uh, Joe Connolly says, "Do you respect and support the Seahawks?" No, I don't. So yes, there is an exception. God, no, Joe. No, and, and neither um, do I. Thanks to Brian Ascari. Thanks to Lenny. Yep. 
Yeah. Uh, thanks to thanks to Russ Ayers. And thanks uh, to Russ. Dan Ferreira and Jeff Taylor for all of us, including the absolute. What's that, Mama? Russ at Thanksgiving. Hopefully, he'll come down and visit with Chris and yeah. um, Amy. And hopefully, you know, everything's safe. Then I, I'm a little concerned about another wave in the wintertime, but we'll see. Yeah, I know. All, all right. Okay. For everyone that I, I think I said everyone, Tommy, Joe, Brian, Lenny, Russ, and you. Uh, for uh, Jeff and also for the absent, uh, John Pelkey, whose priorities clearly are uh, not, in my opinion, where they should be. I'm Mark. This is After Further Review. We'll see you Monday. Bye-bye.